Greetings, listeners. Welcome to Space Cowboys, a Roswell, New Mexico podcast here on purefandom.com. I am Liz Prue, joined by my co-host, Meg Bonnie. What is up? And in this episode of Space Cowboys, we will be discussing episode seven of Roswell, New Mexico on the CW Network. I saw the sign. And a quick plug, stay tuned for two more bonus episodes to come this week. We will be attending the Austin, Texas, Roswell, New Mexico screening at Alamo Draft House, presented by the ATX Festival and Warner Brothers, with a Q&A with showrunner Karina McKenzie. We will be interviewing Karina before the screening, and we will also be having a separate chat with the founders of ATX Festival, who are two fierce female women. And yeah, I'm just really excited for all the alien women awesomeness this week. Same here. It's going to be super fun. Also, I'm really sad you didn't sing I Saw the Sign when you said it. So I'm going to let you do that right now. Go. I saw the sign and it opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. Or wait, is it open up my mind? I don't know. No, it's eyes. It's eyes? Yes. That song always makes me think of Fuller House and Full House when Stephanie had a girl group and they sang that song. That was like the only song they knew. (laughs) Get it, Steph. I used to have that CD, and it's it's like weird, the stuff you remember, but I remember that weird, trippy CD cover and putting it in my little, like, circular boom box. Remember the circular boom box? And just, like, raging out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the days. Oh, you'll love it, too. I also had a Belinda Carter. Or was it Belinda Carter from the Go-Go's? Is that her name? Yeah, I think so. Um, I had her album as well because my mom was obsessed with the Go-Go's. Your mom is basically Lorelai Gilmore, and I love it. She's incredible. Meg's going to give us a two-minute recap, and then let's break it down. I'm curious to hear your thoughts because while I felt like this wasn't the most action-packed episode, it laid a lot of necessary details and um, foundation for, like, some big shit to start happening. Yes. So the episode opens on the Roswell crash autopsy with Grandpa Mains in 1947. And they pull out a glowing rock thing, organ thing. And it's super weird. In the present day, the cops are questioning Max and Liz about the Wyatt Long incident. And that's not going well. Isabel tries to apologize with, to Liz with, sorry, I killed your sister flowers and fails. And in the bar... Maria's mom, Mimi, is talking about aliens, and doctors aren't really sure what's wrong with her, and Maria is struggling. Max and Cameron question Wyatt Long, but he says he remembers nothing, and then he draws a symbol, and it's the same symbol that's tattooed on Max's back. It was on the autopsy subject's hand, and it was in the sand during Isabel's blackout. Mimi tells Alex that the other world will turn him dark, and she starts to say something about Jim Valenti, but stops. And Mimi thinks that Liz is Rosa, which leads to some new revelations about Rosa and Isabel's relationship. And this also leads Liz to believe that Rosa knew the truth. Noah tells Max not to pursue charges against Wyatt Long because it might bring heat to Liz's dad. Cameron breaks up with Max and starts to investigate him. And Liz catches Max threatening Wyatt Long. And Liz tells Max about the alien serum she's been making to stop Isabel. Isabel is sick of her brothers protecting her from herself, and she checks herself into a psych ward in case she goes dark willow again. Michael goes to the bar for a drink, and Maria breaks down, having just put her mom into a home. They comfort each other. It's great. We'll talk about it soon. 
Noah refuses to give up on Isabel, and we love him even more. And Cameron starts to put the pieces together and tells Maines to look into Max. And Max tells Liz to keep the serum just in case. Oh, holy crap. A lot happened. Like you said, there's a lot to unpack. Not a lot of action, but so much new groundwork now that we've got that other mystery kind of solved. There's the new mystery with the symbol, the new mystery with what Mimi knows and what it all means. And then just like all the little relationship details. So I have to ask you before we talk about anything, do you think that we will ever see Michael and Alex together on screen again? Because I swear like they are keeping them in a bottle somewhere now. Well, well, no, we saw them last week a ton. This felt like a really long episode because they weren't in it, but like in a good way, everything else going on was great. But I was like, I kept waiting for those little moments and like they've totally spoiled us with so much content about them that now I'm like, oh, just make out. I know I'm, I'm there. I didn't realize how invested I was in their relationship until we didn't get them on screen together. Yeah. It hurts me. And then I, I love that part. It's kind of in the middle of the episode where like Matt, like Max clearly knows about his thing, his like relationship or quasi relationship with Alex and, or at least what Alex means to him. Cause he mentioned it. And I, I guess I'd never really thought about that. His siblings don't really know about his love life. I thought that was kind of a, an interesting little twist there. Well, and I think it's also good for Michael to see that because it's like, dude, like everyone knows you love each other. Like, come on, get over it. Right. Well, the, the people closest to, you know, right. Um, I thought it was interesting. I know this is jumping a little bit to the end of the episode, but since we're on the topic of Michael and his relationships, I know we had one scene with Maria and Michael earlier in the season where he comes up to her at the bar and they have some sort of exchange that alludes to the fact that they've, they have a friendly relationship, but I was very surprised at the scene at the end where Maria's breaking down about her mom and he just kind of grabs her and holds her like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that it was such a sweet moment because, like, Maria is so strong for her friends and her mom and everyone else, but she doesn't really give a crap what Michael thinks of her. No. So it was, it's almost like it was easier for her to be vulnerable with someone she doesn't really care about or know that well. And I don't know, it's just, like, as much as I love Michael and Alex and, like, their whole huge history – I really like that moment between them, whether it becomes friendship or something more that she had her guard down because she has her walls and everything up for her friends and family to protect them in a way. So like her -hmm. just being like so raw and open in front of him without their having like a back, you know, backstory to them was really cool to see. And I like that, like that little twist in her character. And I think it, starts to feed into one of our predictions from last week where we talked about how we don't think they're trying, the writers are trying to create a love triangle per se between Michael, Alex and Maria, but more introduce Maria into Michael's life to bring a little bit more, um, bring another perspective to Michael 
And also um, another perspective to Maria, like you said, this is a side of her we haven't seen before. And with Michael, we only know Michael as someone who's loyal to his family and someone who's deeply in love with Alex. Like mm-hmm. we haven't really seen how he is with other people or how other people see him. I mean, I guess he's kind of looked at as a smarty pants bad boy, but we don't really get to see a lot of other characters interact with him like that. So if they do, if their relationship does turn romantic or sexual, I still think Maria is such a smart woman and she's also clearly very intuitive. Like she's super into feelings. Like she's not dumb. She's going to know what it is and she's going to know that his heart lies elsewhere. So it might be more of like a Cameron Max situation, but not as hostile, which we can go ahead and get into. Cause oh my God. Riley Vocal, you're my queen. But I ain't happy with you right now. Yes, Cameron. And she just told that story about like, <clears throat> oh, I didn't protect my sister. And I basically like let her get locked up. And she's like, she was my partner. But let me turn around and do that. Right back to you, Max Evans. I'm going to just go ahead and text the government about you. It's like, girlfriend. At least, like, I get, like, she's hurt because she knows Max is hiding something from her. But, like, then do your own investigation. Like, don't text the government. Well, and the fact that she is partnering with Mains, and this may be getting a little off topic a little bit, but... Mains, so Mimi alluded to the fact that Mains became a bad person and that maybe he all wasn't always. So do you think the show is going to try and show some sort of like manipulation, like cosmic manipulation that happened to Mains that made him so evil to justify his actions? Like, do you think there's good in him? Do you think there's redemption in him or... Where would you like to see his character go? I would like to see his character beat to death with a hammer. Just kidding. Not really. Um, So I I did like that part where she talks about, like, she could see his aura before and after he touched, you know, something from another world, which we're probably guessing is, like, that spaceship piece or whatever that piece is. So I don't know if that maybe corrupts him. But I feel like it can't make him bad. I feel like it maybe brought his bad to the surface. That he wasn't like some shiny butterfly loving guy. I don't know. I said butterflies. But, you know, whatever. Butterflies are wonderful. Right. (laughs) So, like, I don't I feel like maybe he always had it in him. And this just kind of brought it even more. Because, like, we're guessing that that was, like, his dad in the 1947 autopsy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So he he didn't seem like evil. He just seemed sciencey, investigative, interested military guy. So he wasn't like Hex saw this alien, cut it up, you know. He wanted to know, and he was more just thirsting for knowledge versus Mains, who he seems like he has such like a grudge against them. So I'm hoping we see some more of that. I feel like there's more to that. Maybe his dad was killed by one or something. Ooh, like that glowy organ. Like, Mm -hmm. something's wrong with your liver. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Something along those lines. Um, I could see that. Uh, Interesting. So let's shift a little bit to Liz and Max. 
And I must say, I'm surprised and also happy with how quickly her her resentment towards him has started to dial back a little bit. I think the fact that when Max told Liz that Isabel has willingly put herself in captivity so that way she doesn't hurt someone and that he wants her to keep the serum, I think that was something that Liz was 100% not expecting, especially because she was still in that angry stage of grief. Um, and I think that little bit of, uh, I don't want to, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like that little bit of leeway or that little bit of give that Max presented to her with that is going to allow her to start to look at the situation as a scientist and not Rosa's sister, like, and say, okay, so I'm going to look at this situation like this. Max did what he did because yada, 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 yada. If I were in Max's shoes, I would probably do the same thing for Rosa. Not excusing what Isabel did, but I think maybe this will now allow her to start understanding him more so we can start to bring them a little bit closer together. And Isabel will, I mean, if she's voluntarily putting herself in a psych ward, Who's to say she wouldn't voluntarily put herself up for an experiment with Liz to figure out what's going on? Not re- not necessarily use the serum, but just start to analyze her as a scientist. And maybe that'll start to bring them a little bit closer together as well. This episode made me change my view of Isabel because of all of that. So, and kind of how it changed for Liz. So I, I thought, you know, okay, she's going to find this out and she's going to be like pissed at her brothers for not telling her the truth. But I did not expect for her to kind of side with Liz in a way without really doing it. Just she, she says, okay, yeah, I'm a danger. And you guys, like to her brother, she's like, you guys sucked at covering it up. Like you, she doesn't necessarily agree with how they did it, which Mm -hmm. is nice because it's not just like the blind leading the blind anymore. It's she knows what's up. She knows that there's something dangerous inside of her and she takes matters into her own hands. And I think that surprised Liz because she thought they would just continue down this road of covering it up and hiding behind their basic, like, there's no other term for it, white privilege. Like no one's going to look at these three nice white kids in the desert and go, oh, they're probably guilty of murder Mm -hmm. because they handed the town a story and it was a story that the town wanted to believe anyway. And I think that it's refreshing to Liz to see that Isabel isn't okay walking in that line anymore. Mm-hmm. You go, oh, Isabel. You go, Isabel. I really want to dive into your theory about Mimi and the aliens and Independence Day because I think that's a really, 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 really good one. Okay. So when, so like every time Mimi, Maria's mom starts talking about aliens, um, Parts of it make sense with what we already know with with mains and like the pieces and all of that. And then she'll like instantly flip to talking about Will Smith and Independence Day, which great flick. So yeah. we know that um, Isabel can, she can't like alter memories, but she can like implant things into people's minds, like make them leave and that sort of thing. So what if there's another alien or maybe even Isabel that in a way to cover 
cover up what Mimi knows because she clearly knows something. They every time she starts thinking about aliens or talking about aliens in Roswell, like someone like implanted Will Smith in her head, so like it switches to that because it's almost like a light switch when she starts talking about it. Because mm-hmm. like everyone like leans in, they're all interested. They're like, "Girl, what are you talking about? You're about to like drop a bomb here," and then she's yeah. like. Oh, Will Smith, he's so hot. You know, like Jeff Goldblum. And it just, <laughs> right, and it like instantly changes. So it's like she is discredited in everything she says because she starts talking about Will Smith and Independence Day. And that's probably like if this theory is correct, that's what the alien wants, that she's hiding in plain sight too as someone who knows these things because they found a way to discredit anything she does say that's, you know, viable. And we keep seeing this mind manipulation stuff. You know, we see it with Wyatt. We now are probably seeing it with Mimi. Um, I don't think Liz is the only one that can manipulate minds because it's clear that she herself is being manipulated. Isabel? Yes. You said Liz. We're gonna sorry. we're gonna write off all of these um random name switchings. Never your- name switchings, I'm sorry, to my pregnancy, okay. yes. Um <laughs> because Isabel herself is being manipulated and I still like our theory, which is pretty wild, but I like the theory that, um, what if she has another like entity in her? So she actually is two people because the pods that we saw in the pilot, those really cool egg looking pod things, um, who's to say those are the only three. And what if another one hopped into the body that Isabel is currently in? And has taken over. So what if there are two aliens inside of Isabel kind of, you know, uh, battling, facing off? I just had a thought. Yes. So, you know, when they're doing the autopsy and they pulled out the the funky glowy thing, Mm -hmm. what if that wasn't a funky glowy thing? What if that was a baby and that's just what it looks like in an alien? What if that's how they have babies? What if it's like very egg-like? So what if that is the other alien walking around and somehow, like, what if it's Wyatt Long? You know, like, it could be so many different people Mm -hmm. because, yeah, I mean, they pulled it. It clearly looked like a woman um, in the autopsy, the body that they were cutting open. And they took it out of her abdomen. I'm going pregnancy. I feel like that was a baby and that baby is someone we've either seen or will see soon. Hopefully someone we already know because that's way more fun. I know. <gasps> Alien babies, Liz. I love it. I know. I'm, I love that they're diving more into the alien mythology now too. So speaking of alien mythology, what do you think that symbol means and why do we keep seeing it? We saw it on the alien's hand during the autopsy. We saw it in the sand when Isabel woke up during her blackout. It was like under her, so maybe she had drawn it. It was on Max's back, and he said it's something that he's always doodled, like on you know his high school days in the margins mm-hmm. of his notebook and his, his sneakers. And it just seemed, and I think if we went back and watched, it's probably on some of like the the pieces that we've seen because those had symbols on them too. But what do you think that symbol means? Do you think it's like, I don't know, something to do with their pods? Because there's three, they had three pods. Or is it like the spaceship that they came in? Like, what do you think it is? It definitely has something to do with 
I think their spaceship and their people and the way they communicate. Um, it could also be some sort of map. Uh, I think it's interesting that it makes itself known once um, something alien-esque happens. So it showed up after Isabel had a blackout. It showed up after Wyatt had a blackout. Um, it showed up after Max presumably had a blackout because he said he was wasted on his birthday. So, and he went and got a tattoo. So what if he was wasted enough to where he blacked out and was like, yeah, I'm going to get this tattoo. So it's something that definitely surfaces whenever their consciousness um, is, or their conscious self is subdued a little bit or taken over. So that's the common thread I see with the map slash image slash tattoo slash doodle. I love it. Also, I have an, another not really symbol related theory, but with my baby autopsy theory. Mm -hmm. So when Mimi's talking about the bunker and then she starts talking about Will Smith, but she mentions the bunker, which is in Maine's cabin underneath or not Maine's cabin. It's the Valenti cabin. So presumably Jim Valenti lived there was part of it at that time um, when Mimi was younger so what if that that room that we assumed was set up for Rosa and all of that when we saw it what if that was where this like little alien baby was living in a bunker and that's why there is a bunker and Jim Valenti like took the baby from Maine's to protect it and that's why like that place even exists and that's where that baby was raised do you think the baby still could be Rosa or do you think that it's someone else could be someone else entirely? I don't know. I kind of hope it's someone else entirely because then I feel like we'll get some answers, mm -hmm. which would be fun. But also Rosa still seems to be this key, you yes. know, like it's still, we still haven't figured out exactly what Rosa was running from, what she knew, why she was killed. We still don't even know if Isabel was the person that wrote the note that Liz found. Like, there are a lot of unanswered questions here. Oh, like, is it Ophiuchus? Is that how you say it? Yeah, uh, Ophiuchus. 13th Zodiac. Uh, the 13th Zodiac. So I think we still have a lot of unknowns. And that goes outside of the... I don't I want to say teenagers that goes outside of the the quote-unquote kids because now we're getting stuff from Maria's mom Mimi we're getting more into what happened to Jim Blenty Mains so it's Rosa seems to be the common thread of it all but what exactly did she know and why and I don't think it was just the fact that she knew about the aliens it's something more specific than that yeah, it seems like there is some sort of trigger. We've only really seen it with Max and Isabel when someone learns the truth, like thing, bad things happen for them. And with Isabel, maybe that's the blackouts because mm -hmm. when she found out that Liz knew and Liz was told by Max, she had blackouts around that time. So maybe it's like some sort of trigger that, you know, these blackouts happen for Isabel. But like, remember Max had this whole like, almost like toxic rage thing going on after he told Liz and Liz found out the truth. So like, it's almost like they have a built in, not really like fight or flight. It's like 
something alien, but you know what I mean? Like they have this trigger within them if someone finds out their, their secret. So it'd be interesting to see what happens if Michael ever tells anyone. He seems to be the Ooh. only one good at keeping a secret. <laughs> <gasps> that's really good. Oh, that's a great point. Thanks. Thanks, <laughs> Mike. Drop. I'm out. Podcast over. Just I know. I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> how do I follow that up? I don't know. I'll just repeat back to you what you just said. So Max has power outages, creates power outages. Isabel blacks out. What does Michael do? What does Michael like, do when that happens? things he gonna do something I don't know very interesting okay what else do we have to break down before we wrap up um I think I just wanted to point out that Noah is mm -hmm. adorable mm -hmm. love him and I think that remember was it two episodes ago or episode it must have been the last episode when he's like just tell me the truth and she's like nope I can't Maybe a part of Isabel knows, like, hey, last time I told someone the truth, I ended up killing her and, like, other people. So, no. Maybe it's, like, to protect him not just from the truth, but from whatever that trigger is within herself, too. I totally think that's it. Yeah, she wants to protect him. And also, she doesn't know what the truth is she, herself, you know? She's like, I don't know right. the full truth. I know I'm an alien, but I don't know what's happening. I think it's cute that Noah wants to be there for Isabel. Like, I, I like that he is like admitted that he abandoned her and he doesn't want to do that anymore. Do you think now that Isabel will accept his help? Do you think she'll let him be there for her? Considering the point you just made? Yes, but I still don't think that she's going to tell him the truth, especially knowing what happened or sort of having some pieces of what happened with her and Rosa. Mm -hmm. I feel like, she's going to be worried that letting him in at all, like she's, I think she's going to start blocking him out a little more mm -hmm. and just for his own protection. Cause she thinks she's a wild card and she doesn't know why this is happening. And that's probably why she'll be like, okay, Liz, dissect me, you know, like, yes. I think that's how we'll see the two of them come together because she wants to be with Noah and she wants to make that work, but she can't trust herself with him anymore. <gasps> So good. Okay, a couple quick tidbits I wanted to just call out the writers, Miguel Nola and Christopher Hollier for. Um, I love that Liz said to Isabel, so then how can you apologize? Like when Isabel said, I'm sorry, I don't remember anything. I'm never remembering it happening. She's like, then how can you apologize? Like, I just loved how Liz was like, I can't ever accept any remorse because you don't even know like part of being remorseful is accepting what you did, understanding why you did it and being brave enough to try and repent for it. Like Isabel doesn't know what's happening to her. Like she could, what if her suppressed side is nice Isabel? What if her real side is this murderous, crazy Isabel? We don't know. I love that. And yeah. Oh, I have another, a shout out to the writers too. The line lizard echo is my hurricane. I was like, Ugh. Everybody go home. We're done here. This is great. That, that was so good. I'm like, I loved it. I loved um, it. Another one was, and I wanted to confirm with you that this was actually said, did Isabel call herself Dark Willow? Because if she did, yes. I'm here for it. I know that the listeners can't see it, but I wrote it on my paper. Oh my God. That, that was like a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> Meg is so cute right now, you guys. She's got her notebook up with her pen and she's like, no, Liz. <laughs> 
she did say that. I have it in quotes right here. Yay! Oh my god, I'm so sure. Yes, she Little did. Little Buffy I, fans. Aww. I love that Isabel watches Buffy. It makes it really hard to just be like, you know, that's the thing about this show is like all of the people have so many different sides to them. Even Liz has her flaws, mm-hmm. which you could be like, girl, calm down. And then Max, instead of just being this swoony cowboy guy, there's stuff where it's like, dude, like you're messed up. This stuff, the choices you made to protect your family, you, you did wrong. So like, there's so many, everyone has all these sides. And then Isabel, she's out there killing people in the desert, but she likes Buffy. How can you hate someone that loves Buffy? Right, exactly. Immediately, I was like, oh, okay, I'm Team Isabel now. Um, I also loved the Jumper Third Eye Blind cover. Oh my gosh. I Get haven't out of heard my- that one. I wrote that down too. <laughs> <laughs> you know my notebook, guys? Yeah. Inner notebook. I know. I had mine on. I texted myself. You're so high tech. That's how lame I am. Well, usually I take notes on my Evernote, but I was watching the episode on my computer. I didn't have my other screen pulled up because obviously I was laying in bed propped up with 40 pillows. Um, You're growing a human. You're just like that weird little autopsy baby. It's going to come out all glowy, but like under much better circumstances. Under much, yeah. Um, This baby, by the way, if you want to come early, baby, that's totally fine. Oh, we can just like have the baby right at the screening tomorrow in Austin. Oh, my goodness. I went full for over 40 weeks last time and like I'd be cool if you know the baby came that early. didn't happen oh you little vessel of, of life making I love it I know yay well thanks so much for tuning in listeners we are so excited for our bonus episode <laughs> this week make sure you follow at pure underscore fandom on twitter and instagram because we gonna be posting all sorts of fun stuff um, we're also going to hit up the Supernatural Brewery started by Dean Winchester himself, Jensen Ackles, and family in Austin. Um, so make sure you're there for that. I'm going to have a little sniff of the beer. I might <laughs> you know, let it touch my tongue a little bit so I can at least you know, professionally give you guys an opinion along with Meg of what the beer tastes like. Um, and, of course, all of our other podcasts, Brad and Court Talk, our lovely, lovely uh, Sci-Fi Network and other shows as well, but mainly Sci-Fi Network podcast. We also have pure random videos up on our YouTube of Megan, her husband, breaking down all sorts of pop culture stuff. Eric and I recorded a Game of Thrones podcast that we'll be putting up this week. It's on Jamie Lannister and his very, very interesting past that the show does not display. So stay tuned for that and stay tuned for the rest of our other really fun podcast episodes for space cowboys. We'll let you know when we'll get those up and running depending on when we can get them edited on the plane. How many beers <laughs> I drink. Cause I'll be drinking for two. <laughs> You'll be drinking for two. Yes. So um, we'll, we'll try and get those up, up for you guys ASAP. Anything that I missed? No, I'm just, I'm so excited to be in this little fun desert world. It's so fun. I know. I can't wait to see you tomorrow in person. And um, thanks for joining today. Thanks, guys. See you next time.